Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Pre-Market Prep. Bring the gang on now. Gang, you're all here. Good morning. Yo, yo, yo. How was everyone's weekend? Oh, man. I had the busiest weekend. I almost had to take today off. I had such a busy weekend. Me too. Well, just Dennis, like- you're going to be so jealous. You probably more you had uh, my daughter's over for dinner on Friday. Okay, got a swim in Saturday. Had my buddy over for Michigan basketball game. Made my famous Georgia Rubens, which wasn't too good. Uh, the game wasn't good. My Georgia Rubens were great. I saw a play at the Fisher on Saturday night. Oh, it's like normal life for you. Uh, yeah, I swam. I swam again on Sunday, and then we had uh, we had a, another friend over for brunch on Sunday, and we went to a new exhibit at the Holocaust Memorial uh, Museum. Holy wow. macro! Yeah, doing everything. Yeah. Yeah, just whatever. Just not sitting on my fat AWS anymore, getting out and doing stuff. So Well, the good news is for us in Ontario, we're doing a half reopening today. So restaurants are actually opening at half capacity. Yeah. Movie theaters are opening at half capacity. Schools went back two weeks ago. So we're getting somewhat back to normal. We're not where you guys are, but <laughs> at least we're allowed to do some stuff. Maybe the trucker rally is working, but actually all this stuff was already planned. So <laughs> I guess it's not working. This was already planned. <laughs> so we got a half reopening in Ontario. All right. I guess it's a half. It's better than nothing. Joel, all right. Let's run down to big board. Let's yeah, run but, down. Joel, you got to bring up your charts for us. We, we, we oh, I thought I did share. Own. I hit the share and I didn't hit the uh, yeah, fun to share. Every day. Yeah. Well, it's every Monday. Day. Monday uh, blues. I mean, we're down 16 and a quarter, 16 handles, 07 and a quarter. But man, I think that's good uh, after the rally. Really that good. We had. Yeah. I mean, after the rally we had on Friday, not giving a ton back yet yeah. near the top of last week's high. We yeah. got a lot to prove this week. Uh, crude up 45 cents at 87.27 or 87.28. Uh, gold up 580, 17.92.40. Silver up negligible, 29 cents, 22.59. Your Bitcoin futures, uh, they're down 735 at 37,055. Ethereum, uh, it's going the opposite way. It's up $21 at yeah, 25.33. You're back in your Ethereum. And uh, I kind of think, you know, Apple saved a day, right? On Friday, if we want to break it down in the one stock. Yeah, I think so. Because you know what? It held on. It was holding on to its gains. The market was cratering and really getting hit off the open. It looked like and it had me fooled too. You know, usually I'm pretty good at feeling this thing. I had it wrong. I thought when we were right near that bottom of the range, I thought we were going to take it out and test the low of the move. We did not do that. Apple would not go down, and the tech stocks were holding on, holding on. And then all of a sudden, they just started buying all the Kathy names again. They started buying the beaten down tech names. I mean, maybe Robinhood led this charge, too. We can give a lot of credit to Apple, but Robinhood was a huge reversal off the open. Snuck under 10. We talked about that. Hit the stops under 10. And then it turned around, and they would not stop buying it all day. 
So, I mean, props to Robinhood, props to Apple. That was probably the start and, and the help that, you know, maybe the market needed to kickstart it. But we're still range bound here, Joel. So mm-hmm. not out of the woods. We're still in the woods. We're in the thick of it. We're just in a range. Uh, and also for, I mean, I'll look at things and, uh, you know, on the S and P basis, but, uh, you know, look at your stocks, look at, look at your highs from Friday, uh, you know, for the week, I'm sure a lot of those highs were made on Monday, you know, look where you closed on Friday, There's a lot of juice on Friday. So if, you know, if we're following script and we're tanking, we're going to hell in a handbasket, we're going to 3,800, then we're going to fail up here and we're going to fail miserably and we're going to take out that low from last week. On the other hand, how many weeks do they just they grind you? You got a couple big earnings, uh, re, uh, still some big earnings coming. And then you got the jobs numbers. So uh, it could be one of those weeks where you got to wait for the real big action on Friday, right, with the jobs number. Yeah, I mean, every economic data point now, it seems like as much as they didn't matter, six months ago they all matter now so those are moving and the jobs has always been the big one that moves markets too so but you know we have so much fundamental information coming out this week we're going into the heart of earnings season the, reporting this week we got google we got amd we got paypal we got facebook check we it got out alibaba reporting we got amazon we got snapchat which actually snapchat seemed to move the market the last time it reported so don't shrug off snapchat and then there's just a pile of other tech stocks reporting too. And then, you know, you've got a lot of cyclicals reporting. UPS is going to report. Exxon Mobil's coming on Tuesday. I mean, there's so many earnings. There it is. There are so many earnings reports coming this week. That's going to be a driver as well. So you have all fundamental drivers. That's why the technicals are just because it keeps giving more information. So how are the earnings? That's going to be the first question. How is the jobs on Friday? That's going to be a huge question towards the end of the week. How are traders positioning going into all this stuff? That's always the question. So, I mean, this market is very, very hard to predict when you've got this much fundamental information coming at it. And I, now you have, you have a, a bunch of economists out there. And, uh, you know, not only is the Fed raising, you know, they, they weren't fighting inflation. Now they're going to fight it too much and we're going into a recession. This is Barron's, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'm sorry, Spence. What were you going to say? No, what I was going to say, just on the earnings front, I don't. Uh, to be frank, I'm not even sure how much that matters right now because I, I saw this tweet this morning, and I, this it, it, the tweet was from Zero Hedge, but it, it reads like a tweet that that, that they got from FactSet of the 169 S and P 500 companies that have posted uh, Q4 earnings uh, results thus far. 81 percent have met or beat the expectations and profits have come 5% above the consensus estimate. So the earnings have been good. Yeah. Where, where does that leave us? Bupkis. It, I mean. It's, it's uncertainty going forward. I mean, you know, and, and again, you know, you'll have the, you know, there's economists on Barron's there's economists on CNBC. They're all over the place. There's, you know, analysts giving their S&P targets for the end of the year. They're throwing darts, man. They can do whatever analysis you want. I'll tell you right now, the only thing I know is that none of these guys or girls know what they're talking about or what uh, or how to predict this market a year from now. This market is hard to predict five minutes from now. Like, that's my job as a day trader is predict the market five minutes from now or 10 minutes from now, maybe even an hour from now. But I've, there's never anybody can predict it a year from now. It's just bullshit. But and that's what it is. But I mean, in this market, 
It's hard to predict five minutes from now. Give me a break trying to predict it out five weeks or five months or five years. That's nonsense. In five years, maybe you think it's going to be higher. But, you know, these year-end price targets that they all come up with, they're crunching their numbers. Give me a break. My my, my favorite uh, thing to do, one of my favorite things to do is to look, is to like go back and look at the year-end price targets back in Jan- from January and see how they compare to the actual year. There's always going to be some people that got it right because there's yeah. 10,000 people trying to predict it. So you can always right. cherry pick, oh, this person got it right and this person got it right. Let's bring them on CNBC because they were right. Yeah. Oh, they were the lucky ones that won the lottery and got it right. Were they smart or were they lucky? You know, that's no. it, it's very, very, very hard to predict. I like I, the market is it's always been hard to predict. It's why I focus on more on market inefficiencies as opposed to trying to predict directional movements. It's hard. It's fun to predict directional movements. And sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. But, you know, the bread and butter, you know, for, for me and especially everybody at Bright Trading is made from market inefficiencies, inefficient pricing, you know, when, you know, little things get out to lunch. But we've, you know, we've talked about that, and obviously, and we've done a couple educational segments on it before, but it's difficult to predict the market. Did you see that guy that hit a 29,000 to one parlay uh, this weekend? Uh, predicting the scores of both. Oh, yeah. 20 20 bucks to to what, half a mil or something like that? Yeah, Yeah. he predicted, he predicted the exact scores of both games that yep, 29,000 to one. We'll have to get him on, but yeah, get uh, him on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that look, so we're at this point where, you know, so this is the last day of the month. So yeah. true. Yep. You're going to see, you're going to see a lot of, uh, um, you know, huh. stats and tweets and commentary yeah. today about this being the worst month in the market since March of 2020, which it will be, um, you know, the answer, yeah, you never know. Well, okay, you're right. You, you're you're right. Turn around, make you're new right. highs. You're right. You don't know. I I, I retract that statement. Uh, the S and P 500 is down about seven percent this month. The Qs are down. The Qs and, and the Russell are both down more than that. I think um, last I checked. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. I, I'm sort of in this camp. I'm repeating myself every day, but I'm in this camp of chop fest for until oh. proven otherwise. But uh, it's it's what is being proven every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So the only I, thing is that's been working is fading every everything, fading everything, fading the rallies, fading the dips, just, you know, and we're in a range here. Um, so I guess you just continue to do that until it doesn't work. But if you're chasing moves, that's the one recipe that has been losing you money for a long time now. Chasing just has not worked here for a long time. Yeah. Everyone, everyone in the chat is saying I look extra pale today. Is it because the lights are off? I'm not quite sure. I mean, the, I, 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 don't well, I hope you're not getting COVID for the third time. Whoa, whoa. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Only once. I only had one. I only yeah. had one. Only once. Let's be clear about that. Only once. No. Um, no, I'm not. I don't know why. You I'm know like, what? This, we got a rare occurrence going on here today, guys. What? Oh, we're all wearing the same color. Yeah. We're all wearing, yeah. we're all wearing blue shirts. I mean, it's that is where that blue, blue shirt all week. Blue. But yeah, last week. But, I'm kind of uh, blue over the whole Stafford and the Super Bowl thing too. You know, you're like, blue. Uh, I, I it, you know what it is. It's just because why you know we, we, us as Lions fans, nothing good can ever happen for us. I mean, we've had Stafford, and you know, and now he's he was always good. I guess we just didn't have the team around him, but it's just like. He's it's gone, another good and all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl, and it's like well, nothing good will ever happen for the Lions. 
Uh, okay. Well, well, like, what's the like light at the end of the tunnel if you're a Lions fan? Really? You like, move to LA. That's the light at the tunnel. <laughs> maybe we should just switch. You know, maybe we should all jump on the. I'm, a lot of Lions fans' house jumped on the Stafford bandwagon. I'm like one of those fans that's kind of you know not. I can't just follow you know just because he was on your team for a long time. I just can't cheer for him now because he's on another team. Can you cheer for players, Joel? When they you know when they go to another team and then you cheer them on? I always just you know, like yes. Ah, I yes. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I just I, cheer for, for Michigan players wherever they're at. So. You're still like, cheer for the Michigan so, players. Yeah. Uh, all right, I, I'm going to bring it back to the Maybe market. Maybe I'm a poor here. sport. Maybe uh, that's what it is. I'm going to bring it back to the market here. We do have, like, so yes, you, you had this broad-based rally on Friday, so like everything is kind of trading higher, right? But you do have a couple of interesting calls today being made. Okay, um, that's what on, we like. On, on Mega Cap, you have Netflix catching an upgrade uh, from, at, at Citigroup to buy and Tesla catching an upgrade from Credit Suisse. I believe that's also to buy um, two beaten down stocks getting by the dip of upgrades this morning from Meg from like bulge bracket banks, Meg, the, the yeah. Credit Suisse and city or nothing to sneeze at there. Well, lots of thoughts on Netflix. Obviously, you know, I started, I put a starter position on it four days ago. Ackman followed. Um, obviously, it's, that, that obviously was, uh, listens to pre-market prep. He's like, that, oh, then he's getting in, I'm getting in. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Reed Hastings on Friday night actually bought a pile of stocks too. So you know, you yeah, I haven't seen Hastings buy Netflix. In yeah, a long time. Reed Hastings definitely bought the dip last week. He, he did, <laughs> he did actually Hastings. And how, when's the last time Hastings bought stock? Can we find that in the pro? Oh, the last time. It yeah, I, it's been a while. Maybe it's this unselective perception on my part, but I. I have not noticed Hastings buying in a long, long time. So we had Hastings, and it wasn't a nothing position. You know, he bought another fifty-one thousand shares. Like obviously, he owns a pile of stock, so you know it's it's a drop in the bucket. You know, but it's the vote of confidence tale too. That's twenty million dollars worth of Netflix. Uh, that he, he, bought. He, he bought he bought a few shares in in December. Uh, Did he? Yeah, he bought some stuff in December. He bought. Um, what's the normally you see the CEOs that are always selling, and you know here's one that's buying. No, nah, he bought a pretty good amount of shares in, in in December. Prior to that, what did what did he do? Um, yeah, he bought some more in September. So okay, he does some intermittent buying. He does some. He does some yeah, buying. Yeah. I don't think that hurt because it was trading up late Friday night after that report um came out, and then obviously now you get the Citigroup. Is Citigroup upgrading this morning? Uh yes. I think it breaks out through 400 here today. Um, but you got major resistance point is at 409. That was the high on the day that we gapped down yep. on the bad earnings report. So yep. I think that's where it probably struggles. I'm holding on to my shares. I put them in the long-term account. I'm sticking with you know the partial position in Netflix because it actually has gotten to a point where yep. it's getting almost into value area. I didn't load up, but I was like, it's not expensive anymore. And honestly... I just think not like, super I, expensive. Not it's not super, super expensive. expensive. It's yeah. not super cheap, but it's not super expensive. And I just don't think that I, like I always said, competition's coming for Netflix and it is, but the competition has really failed in my opinion to like, you know, dethrone Netflix. And it's looking like it and Netflix keeps coming out with blockbuster stuff, you know, too. So I feel like they're still going to be best of breed and streaming for a long, long time. Stock's been cut in half. You know, streaming isn't going away. If the market ever does, you know, start to make new all-time highs again, I think Netflix is going to be one that really helps out. So that's why I started a position in it. 
looks like we're bid up here uh, near the uh, near the highs of the pre-market session. Uh, pre-market high 97.48, trading 96.75. So you just want to barrel through there, right? And then uh, Dennis gave you, a, I'll give you an intermediate number before holding 94.80 was important. That was Thursday's high. But that's it. I mean, you get up, you test that gap. You get into that gap. I mean, it would not be unreasonable to see this thing fill the gap over a long time, uh, you know, over the course of time. And also, you know, now that, you know, the market structures changed here a little bit, you know, there was, oh, there was a, a good period of time where, you know, if you wanted to buy this thing, you just put your bid out there, then you were just getting, getting hit. That happened, the earnings, it happened to earnings day, and then it happened the following day. And now it's, you know, now if you want to own it, if you want to cover a short, it, the market, now it, you're buying into uh, an up market. So 409.15, that's a good target for it. I just wanted to check, who was the guy that was going nuts buying his stock? Um, that's, was, that, that's Asana, Joel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he it's um he buys nonstop. Duskin Moscow. Yeah, he, yeah. he I, I don't think I'm there. It's really rich, right, Spencer? Well, he was like, he was at Facebook like day one. He was like day one Facebook. So yeah, he's he like, bought another 1.25 million shares. Yeah, he he. I I don't know if I've seen a CEO buy stock more aggressively than Duncan Moskowitz of Asana. It's kind of impressive. Go through all the buys. How <laughs> like it's all the time. It's it's yeah. more multiple times a month. He's buying like serious shares of his company yeah, here i like to see that you know like here, this is how easy it is to look it up in the pro yeah Check do all, it Show all, us. I did, all i did was i went to a news feed that i have where i have just sec filings in there well i also have press releases and i searched for asana like the ticker and then i searched moskovich because that's his last name right and then boom look at all these insider buys he just he's <laughs> he buying just, buys but look this is this is just this year or the last couple of months if you go back to last summer <laughs> does he do any press spencer does he ever come on and uh on um, shows or anything i haven't seen him do press i mean we can certainly reach out to him yeah why don't you write one of your nice emails one or, of my nice emails or yeah. maybe have uh maybe have, don't have you love else. seeing the ceo just loading up his company though like i mean there's so many that are just dumping stock like the amc ceo who oh yeah i gotta have a <laughs> retirement plan and get you know now you're licking your chops at watching your price of your stock going to 35 and 33 dollars like i never thought i could get this kind of money and he's banking coin and here you have somebody that's giving the company a continuous vote of confidence, putting his money where his mouth is. Maybe he's wrong. He's been wrong because he's been buying the dip nonstop. But I mean, you know, I like seeing that a lot better than these CEOs well, are just he, coming and dumping. He's been stock. buying. He's he bought on the way up, and I was buying he's, on the way he down. Never stops buying it. <laughs> never stops buying. He believes in this company. More, Good yeah, for more, him. More power to him. Real fast. Does anyone here? Uh, did anyone here watch Ozark yet? The new season. No, and say nothing. Okay. Okay. Because it's. I might try to like do it all in one shot, you know, with my wife's and this week or something, you know, find a stay up, pull an all nighter, and just watch them all. But have you watched it, I, Spencer? I, you told me to say nothing. So oh, yeah, okay. Well, you can say if you watched I, it or not. You I, I'm not sure. I, I'm halfway through the. It's a two part. It's, the season's in two parts, and I'm halfway through the first. I part think we. Is it good? Yes. It, it's always awesome. Do you guys remember like the first episode? Yes. Do you guys remember? I do. Was it like really, was it kind of like 
gory at like the first episode? Uh, oh, Wasn't there like a? It death? was the spin halfway through because you didn't know. I didn't know what it was about. So it was like halfway through that episode, they had the big spin, like where you uh, thought it was going to be about him and his cheating wife, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa! I did not see this coming. So yeah, if you didn't know anything about it, and then did, you knew what that whole if you didn't knew, it start yeah. out with a dead body though or something. Is that well, about shit? halfway in? They, there are there, there are, was there's a lot of dead bodies. No yeah, because I remember I, I Lisa and I looked at it and I I think there was like you know there's like I'm not watching this you know there was I think they were carving up a body or something the first no, episode no, no? no whatever no, no. well. Anyways, uh, Asana's still making new lows in the move. I don't know how we got Ozar to Asana, but that's what we do here. That's a, that's a transition. So, Spencer, get us back on track here. Get us back on track. All right, well, what else was on my list here? Uh, for those of you watching Citrix, I don't know if it came out of the halt yet. I don't think it did. CTXS, no, it's still halted. This is a stock that had been rumored that there was going to be a takeover for yeah. a few weeks now, and yeah. that, that takeover is confirmed. So it's getting uh, it's a couple of private equity firms. It's uh, Vista Equity Partners and Evergreen Coast Capital, and the takeout price is one hundred and four dollars a share. But again, Citrix Citrix is halted, um, so it's not going to trade during the halt, obviously. Um, so anyway, this is going off the board. Nothing to see here. Remember, it, it, time it, value money does matter a little bit more than it did a year ago so just keep that in mind that it's likely unlikely to trade to 104 it's 102 in the pre-market before they put the halt in it's probably where it wants to be 101 102 uh but you know again you probably ring the register and you move on try to find other places for your money what's going on with Kohl's? what's going on with Kohl's? any updates no, no on deal Kohl's? yet no deal well, yet still yeah. waiting no deal wow. yet no deal yet and I, coming I'm, in a little bit i, I would have rang the register and got the hell out but no deal That's yet. I, I also keep an eye on Activision. One, because they report this week. Two, because you know that stock for whatever. What's the price? Ninety four in Activision, which is and crazy. It's, it's seventy nine right now. So, but they're saying it's not going to even close till twenty twenty three. So you got a full year of time value of money. And if you think about, I guess you know, ninety five is rates. the price. Ninety five is the price. Ninety five dollars. It's a sixteen point discount. I mean, there's serious antitrust stuff here, obviously, or they would it would be trading. I don't know if there is of, though. I don't know. I don't get how you can stop it. I don't get it to be honest. But I mean, the market is pricing in like that this deal may not happen. At a certain point, you just got to say, well, risk-reward is to be long. And, I mean, there's 95, so you got 16 points of upside. If the deal falls apart, there's probably 14 or 15 points of downside here. So, obviously, from where it gapped. So, you're kind of in the middle of, like, a coin flip. But I think it's better than a coin flip that the deal goes through. So, I'd almost be inclined to buy it here and just sit on it again. It's going to sit here and probably do a hell of a lot of nothing for a while, though. So, I don't know if you need to come and do it right away. Um, obviously, as we get more headlines happening, you know, that, you know, if there's antitrust issues, it's going to get hit. If it looks like there isn't, it's going to go up on that. But it's probably a stock that's going to do a hell of a lot of nothing for a long time. Um, someone in the chat asked about BlackBerry and why it's down. Well, they, they did announce this morning that they're selling uh, some legacy uh, intellectual property patents. They're selling for uh, $600 million is what they're receiving and they're selling some patents that relate to uh, – let me see. I'm reading from the 8K right now. They're selling their patents that relate to mobile devices, messaging, and wireless networking. Uh, so they're getting, getting an infusion of, of, of capital here um, this morning, though I'm not sure why it would trade 
down off of that. This is just a stock that obviously Reddit got a hold of it back in 2021. It had the crazy move. Um, it had the crazy move again uh, in yeah. May when it went from like $8 to like 20 overnight. You got to sell on those wicked, stupid spikes. And now you're back here, $7. People are saying, well, it's going to spike to $15, $20 again. Never say never in this market, but this is just bag holder central all over the place. Path least resistance price still lower. Yeah, I mean, does it bounce yeah. with the Kathy names bouncing and retail names bouncing? Maybe a bit, but it, it's hard to just envision a catalyst to kick this off to 15, 20 bucks again. Uh, you're taking out the recent lows of the move at 750, 720. So it's currently, say, you know, uh, trading at 728. I'm just going to look at the, the pair of lows on Thursday and Friday. And if this right now, theoretically, it's resistance, right? Because you're trading below it. But if it can come how, you know, get this bid and hold 750, then maybe they'll decide that it was a good thing that they were selling these assets and bringing some money in. But until you get over 750, I think. What's uh, their think, business? Like, what know. is BlackBerry selling to make money? Just patents? What Black, is their business? Black, what is their product? BlackBerry's business is like the. The phone. No, it's oh. not. It's, <laughs> not. It, 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 it's the software. They stop one, making the phone. One of the, one of the businesses is the software, like computers in cars, basically. That's, yeah, yeah, that's one of their businesses. That's what they're trying to get into, like the whole connected car thing. Yeah, they had such a lead on Apple. You know, yeah. they were the first. They were the smartphone. They were like everything, and Apple just destroyed them. So whatever business they get into, I feel like it's going to be the same thing. If they get into and start leading in something, that Apple's just come come destroy them again. Uh, you know, great Canadian company for a long time. I hate talking bad about it, but. They just completely got destroyed by Apple, and I just don't know, like, in their next business, it doesn't happen again. It's hard to bet on this company. Yeah. And you hear things every once in a while that they, you know, do, what, their association with Amazon one time or something, and they got to pop off that. Uh, so, but I agree. I mean, they're, I'm sure they have uh, declining revenues, and if they keep selling stuff, someone made a comment in the chat. What do they have left? Uh, what do they have left to sell? People ask about Alibaba. The Chinese stocks are interesting here. One, Alibaba is interesting for the simple reason it bounced right where it should have. You know, you got that triple bottom. We say there's no such thing as a triple bottom. Well, it's trying to prove the technicians wrong. 108.70, the low back in December. 110.38 in December, later in December. And then we just bounced the 110 area again, putting a tidy little double bottom in from the last two days. So you know what? Technically, it sets up okay. You've got a level to lean on. Again, if it takes out those lows, I wouldn't want any part of it. Uh, Baidu and JD bounced as, as well here on Friday. Every tech stock basically bounced on uh, Friday. Dennis, I'd be curious in your experience because you know I mentioned the Chinese markets being closed this week because of the Chinese New Year. In your experience, how does that impact the trading of the Chinese stocks in the U.S.? Or it does doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, the Babas and the Baidus always seem like they get they lead over here, anyways. I know, you know, obviously you got the Asia moves and they kind of all move together, but I don't think like I think we got so much volatility here that Baba Baidu JD are going to get dragged around with whatever you know the cues are doing to a certain extent. So it's getting followed in the tech indices here. Um, but you know, from a tech technical perspective, Baba still looks like it's still trying to hold support, which is good, but it's also, you know, not gotten that far away from it. So in every rally has failed, which is not good. So I'm kind of just, eh, on Baba. 
I mean, what if he, first of all, let's get it. Let's get a monthly candle, a green monthly candle, and then maybe another green monthly candle. And uh, it looks like we got a ways to it's do that. Going, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like, it's, I mean, it looked, you know, you, the Olympics are coming. What's their next earning report? Because Dennis, that, you really. Oh, no, Bob really, is this week. I'll Wednesday. Be, oh, really? Yeah. So I forgot about that. Thank you. Yeah. That's this week. I believe it's Wednesday. Because uh, didn't they have a halfway there. halfway decent report and they slammed it anyways? Yeah, so it's yeah, important. I th- so yeah. I mean, technically, you, you got the fundamentals now coming at you. So I mean, you can't really trade this thing on charts when you're going to have this fundamental hit on Wednesday night, I believe. Is, it, is that confirmed, eight. Spencer? Wednesday night? I'm looking at the show real fast. I'm, maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't know. I, I'm pr- I'm pr- I have it written down as Wednesday night. It is. I don't. I don't. I'm not seeing it for this week. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, I'm not seeing it. No. Okay, maybe I'm wrong on it. Keep these calendars are tough because some you go multiple spots, and sometimes I know you guys call the company. I'm seeing. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh, I'm in the wrong calendar. That's why I was. I at, thought it was. I was looking at ratings. I was like, I don't see anything. Hold on. Uh, Alibaba is is the 11th. Oh no, that's not confirmed though. So it, it's probably it's that that means it's probably see, Spinner. Spinner's in there, and he's got Tuesday. Right. So I mean, multiple. When the hell do they report? Like I don't know why people can't get this right. Like some companies, like you go out there and you look here, you look there. It's like the companies don't they just tell you when they report? It's Uh, seriously some of these earnings calendars just get them wrong. Usually Benzinga is solid because they call. But remember Jason Raznick had this, you know, that he looked at another earnings calendar and the company is like, now you know, I know you guys usually call and verify it or at least get it from the press releases. Well, that's that's always where we get it from. Yeah, um, it's from is the, the press the press release. But the problem is not every company announces it, uh, especially with like foreign companies. Like if you're not in the U.S., this is lot, the problem too. It's kind of hard to call that. Yeah, a, a, a lot of yeah. these non-U.S. companies just frankly don't. Announce. We report when we want to report. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we like, report when the numbers look good. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like, I feel like Carnival just always decided to report. Yeah, I was just thinking whatever the hell they wanted to report. <laughs> So uh, February 18th, the chat, then February 11th, somebody's got Tuesday. It, it's, um, it's, I'm pretty confident it's going to be sometime next week. I okay, so it I sounds like it's not on Wednesday, which I've written down. So I don't know where I got that from, but it's wrong. I'm crossing it off. Yeah. If it reports Wednesday, I'm yelling at you. Just keep just keep it. I'm not going to you know pick up the triple bottom, the low or anything. I'm just going to look at that. That close, that year-end close, one eighteen seventy-nine. We've traded a ten points above it, ten points below it. We're still below it for the month. So, I know if we can close in this area, right, or above that, you have a chance for a, a positive month in February, and you know maybe you could still get one in January if it rallies today. So it's forming a bottom. Let's see what, uh, what it does off the earnings. Spoos are bouncing nicely here, right back up. They're battling, man. If this bar, I'll tell you right now, if this market does not take out the pre-market low at 43.95 and you're holding the 4,400 yeah. handle, Joel's I, giving a I'll, prediction. I'm making a prediction. And I'm just kind of you're bullish. I'm, if, you guys were kind of bearish on Friday, and I was oh, like, oh, "Come for on, sure. I was dead wrong." Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. and I'm just thinking, it's just so sneaky. I, there's like a trillion dollars worth of puts out there. I think I saw that um, 
uh, tweeted out from uh, from Zero Head. So the whole world is leaning short with all their puts. The world's coming in land. We're going to have recession and runaway inflation. And why not rally the market when everyone's so bearish? But we're holding. We're holding 4,400. I think that's a real good thing, at least now. We'll see what happens when the real liquidity comes it's in. It kind of feels like the opposite, though. Like, in, you know, obviously we had the... <laughs> On Friday, we had the markets teetering on those lows, and it felt heavy. And then they turned around and ripped it. So it's like the opposite today. It's like we're we're up at the highs, and we're trying to hold up. And are we going to take it? Or are they going to pull the rug out from under it? <laughs> I think it's a coin flip. I think it's 50-50. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that's how I'm predicting the market here right now. I'm not predicting any movement here today. I'm just glad we're not up like a stupid like 30 handles. You know, one of those. You know, we're really just pull we're the rug out so, you know. Yeah, where you just have to sell, you know, uh, a stupid open like that. And we're also, we're not, you know, down like 40, 50. I, I would have preferred us being down like 40, 50 handles to try, you know, some lower, lower risk longs. But that's the market. We're trading right around mid-range on the session here. But uh, Spoo's, once again, is the slang name that I use for the S&P 500 futures contracts. It's not S-P-double-O. It's S-P-U-S because that represents the September contract. It's where it actually came from. Like, everybody writes it S-P-O-O. Where the hell did S-P-O-O come from? Because you're right, Joel. Spoo's, S-P-U is a September contract. And that's where that nickname originated from. And all, and everybody just took it to S-P-O-O because it's probably, you know, people who just don't know where it came from and they're like, oh, Spoo would be spelled S-P-O-O. I don't get it. I honestly, I, I get I get yours too, like the S-P-U, you know, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's another thing behind that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, okay. whatever. People ask about whatever. it. That that yes, that just uh, like to answer. And we saw not another question I wanted to answer that we missed. So someone asked what a reverse split was. It's when you get more <laughs> of your stock and it's worth less money. That's pretty much. It's <laughs> yeah. not usually a good thing. In the short that's, run. That, that's this segment sponsored by GE. Uh, all right, it is eight thirty six on a Monday. You guys know what it's time for. Market Structure Mondays with Tim Quas, the founder of Market Structure Edge. Tim, good morning. How was your weekend? It well, it uh, it it was good. I'm I'm still in I'm in Amarillo from live from a hotel room in Amarillo. I knew that was a hotel room. And, I was uh, going to make you guess. That wasn't the Tim decor, you know, because yeah, definitely the pillow, not the Tim decor. The pillow it's matches. It's yes, the, the curtain. The if if he lost the curtain, he might have had us fooled. But that curtain is hotel In the sure. lamp. Look at that it, lamp. It, you it know. looks like it was arranged by someone who would spell Spoo, S-P-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why yeah. it's like why everybody says S-P-O-O? Because I believe the origination was from the September contract of S-P-U. So well, where does S-P-O-O we, come from? Don, we have the resident expert on that here in in the proverbial room don't we it's joel, joel. i know but he says it's spu i agree with him spu because i think it came from the september contract but the whole market spells it spoo and i'm just like where did it go wrong it's like hodl and hold is that where it came from and spoo well, came long... from spu but spoo was cooler <laughs> it, whatever the case spoo would Nobody be a knows. good name for a for a thrash metal rock band spoo that would uh it's That'd not be a good you. name. That would be Joel's rock band. Uh, I, I, Tim, 
Tim, I I would love your thoughts on Friday afternoon, right? Two thirty comes around, and for the final half hour of the day, the market rallied. Do you have any insight you can share with us as to as to what was behind that rally? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, I do. And I would, so I, and I would refer to the market as a Gavrilo market. That's what we have right now. We have a Gavrilo stock market. And for those of you who are history buffs. Hey, wait, wait. Are, are, you, are you referring to Gavrilo Principe? And there we go. Well done, sir. Oh, my That's gosh. Right. Wait, 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 I got a reference. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you did. Well, oh, I didn't know I needed oh, a thesaurus yeah, and a history book right. during these interviews. I got the that, thesaurus out. But, that, okay. that is, you need a, like a baboom ching there that you can do, Spencer, because I, that, that is pretty good. That's some obscure uh, that's knowledge my boy. that you possess. <clears throat> So for those of you who are, aren't as good at trivia as Spencer Israel is, uh, Gavrilo Princip was the fellow who kicked off World War I. And no one knew that, that uh, you know, a nationalist, a, a Balkan nationalist, a Serbian, shooting the uh, Archduke of Austria, Franz Ferdinand, which is the name of a rock band, by the way, uh, <laughs> would... <laughs> would kick off this unbelievable years-long tumult. And I'm not saying that one little thing will necessarily be uh, that cause, but it has been. It has been the worst October or worst uh, month for the, for the uh, NASDAQ since October 2008 uh, and uh, worst for the market since March 2020. And one, you know, one little thing did that. And I'll, so to bring it around to, let's, let's, let's bring Spoo's and uh, the rally on Friday and Gavrilo Princip all together. <laughs> and here's what I think, you know, the grand unified theory is that explains what happened Friday afternoon. So today there's a massive futures contract that is tied to the S&P 500 that expires. It's a monthly contract that the SIBO the created in 2014. And they did this in response to the explosion of passive investment. And passive investors aren't investing to try to outperform the market. They want to be the market. They want to track it. And as those things got bigger and bigger, it became more complicated 
to try to buy and sell hundreds or even thousands of little fragments of stocks. So instead, there's this futures contract. Okay, so th this leads into why Friday was a huge rally. So generally, there are large banks who supply those. And the banks will offset their liability. They're not front running a customer order. It's different than say, hey, go buy 500,000 shares of Apple for me. So a, a broker, it's against the law for the broker to put his order in ahead of that. Uh, but if Goldman Sachs supplies a futures contract to BlackRock to true up whatever uh, uh, index funds and exchange traded funds on the last day of the, of the month, <clears throat> Now that bank can do whatever it wishes to mitigate its losses, such as buying a bunch of stuff and shorting it simultaneously on a Friday right before the contract expires. That can happen. And why would that occur? Well, you have to change your thinking about the market, traders. What is the motivation of a massive amount of money today? Well, if you're a bank, it's to not lose money. You want to either make money supplying services, helping uh, investors transfer risk. That's how Lloyd Blankfein explained Goldman Sachs' business. He said, we are in the risk transfer business. We help people transfer their risk in this thing to that thing, and we collect a fee for doing that. Well, look at what happened over the trailing month. The NASDAQ dropped, what, uh, at, the, at the extreme level, it was almost 20%. It's down about 13% now, I believe. Uh, so we had massive destruction since that contract last reset on roughly, what was it? The, what was the last trading day of the year, Spencer? Was it the 31st? I can't remember. It was. It was the 31st. Okay. Yep. okay, so from the 31st of December to the 31st of January, crazy tumult involving futures contracts the, the assassination of, the, of Franz Ferdinand occurred. And so that's why we had the massive surge on Friday as banks drove up assets and shorted them in the hopes that today everything comes out level. That's what's happening. And we can actually see this in the data. I can tell you that active investment has plunged. This is not, this is not the product of active investment. It was a week ago. Active money was selling. Now it is all what we call purple. It's all risk management. There's a 20-day increase in risk management across the whole market. I don't remember seeing that before. It's as big as I've ever seen. So if that all sorts out and there is no Lehman Brothers behind the scenes, some bank that really took a shellacking during this month, then we're going to be okay. If not, we won't. But that's why. It wasn't rational behavior. It was risk mitigation. So in theory, this could all just be routine market plumbing that and when the month when the month resets and the futures contracts reset, that that's that. I mean, yes, but the trouble is that the the normal volatility in the S&P 500, well, I'll say uh, ordinary course is about 1.8%. So intraday volatility is the amount of movement between intraday high and low prices on average in a component of the S&P 500. Well, over the last week, it is 4.1%. So we are colossally greater 
than the averages. And, and nobody hedges for that. No one prepares for a 4% intraday move. So yes, it is normal plumbing in the sense that every month this occurs and, and the, the, the woe for indexes is volatility. You don't want tracking errors. And at 2%, you're in trouble. You need to keep it below 2%. Well, we're more than double that. And so that is abnormal. It is normal plumbing under abnormal, very unusual circumstances. Now, if you're confused about all of this, it's just one of the things that you have to think about, folks, that the, a major part of the market, this involves trillions of dollars, isn't deploying capital to invest. It is how do I make sure that the stuff I own at this moment roughly reflects how the S&P 500 is performing? What if I had massive, what if I was overweight Netflix? Uh, because I was, I was tracking the S&P 500, but I was growth biased, meaning I'm going to stack my money into growth instruments, and then it, and then it loses 40% of its value. My tracking errors are off the charts, and I'm going to have to get those square or I'm in trouble. Well, I gave that responsibility to Citi, <laughs> to Citigroup to handle. So what's Citi going to do? They're going to trade like freak shows to try to mitigate that. And that, that is what leads to some of these crazy moves that people think, well, what in the right. world is going on? That's what it is. And it's so large. It is so massive uh, that it, it outstrips the underlying assets. The trading in derivatives on a notional basis is larger than the trading in stocks. Is that always the case? No, that is a that is a phenomenon of the of just post pandemic trading until the to, prior then, to twenty twenty. When, when you say when you said derivatives, really really what you mean is options, or I I mean I can't options imagine I can't imagine the future. Yeah, but I can't imagine yeah. the futures market is that is that has grown that much. Well, it, it, the part, of the, the part of the reason that it has exploded, it, uh, we've absolutely set futures records in 2021, okay. is because the trade size keeps getting smaller. Last week, the trade size in the S&P 500 was 99 shares. Uh, we've, it, that's less than the, the minimum bid and offer under current rules. And so what happens is it's very difficult for any index to true up a position. It's very easy to transfer that risk to a futures contract so a bank can just do it. And so that has grown and grown and grown since the pandemic. The trade size has collapsed. It was, you know, prior to March 2020, the trade size was close to 140 shares. So you'd say, well, 140 to 99 isn't that big a change. Well, it's 38% or so. Yeah, it's, big. it's a massive change. Is that retail driven? Is that be just because I, there's so many newer customers that are trading one share and two shares? I mean, I see this all the time. So. It's annoying for me as a prop trader. It's like, I get filled on three shares or something. I get filled on five shares or something. And I'm like, holy. And it's obviously, yep. you know, there's some smaller traders out there. It used to always be, I always thought it was like maybe some other traders that are just trying to figure out where the liquidity is too by throwing right. one share all around. But there's so many small, small shares. Got, got to be a lot of that average size. Got to be retail driven. Absolutely it is. There's no question. And then the intermediaries are going to use that reality to make more money. I pay a little commission at Interactive Brokers so I can see that. And I routine, I'll trade 20, 20 shares of Netflix or Tesla, and my trade will be split into four or five pieces. And so one piece, I pay a tiny little, you know, I pay a commission. Let's say it's a dollar. Uh, but then the other three trades, there's a penny commission. You say, well, that's not no big deal. Well, it is if you're, yeah, <laughs> you're collecting an additional three pennies and you do that 
thousands of times a day, that's material. Right. And if you're a high frequency trader, uh, you can, the, the risk for a high frequency trader is that you're on the wrong side of the trade. So the smaller the trade size, the, the lower the risk for them. I'd rather take the, a, a, I'd rather inter intermediate five shares than 500 shares because I don't have any risk. I can turn right around and sell the five shares to somebody else, particularly through a retail liquidity program and get paid a fraction of three shares, uh, three cents a hundred on that. So all of that stuff, you know this stuff, Dennis, we're kind of in the weeds there, but this is why to me, you have to know market structure traders. It's, you can't just wander around out there without knowing what's going right. on. So so as we wrap up here, Tim, mm -hmm. there's a good, good question here from uh, yep. from Pablo in the chat. He's wondering how the, uh, the supply, how the spy in the queue supply and demand is looking for this week right now great question let's look at it that that's pablo you're you're thinking exactly right that you want to know what the supply demand in everything is what's it in the s p 500 what's it in the stocks that you're trading what's it in the tech sector cannabis stocks you can always look at that so uh let's have a look at it and uh and as 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 bad as things have been that it's there. I think I oh, one more step. Sorry, guys. Here we are. Haven't done this in a week. Okay, so uh, moving away from my aging visage to the this is market structure edge. So traders, this is your sole tool to understand the supply and demand in the market. That's what those two graphs are. And uh, you know, to, so you got demand on the top, supply on the bottom. And in in the ideal trading world. Demand is rising and supply is falling, right? That's, that's how you get higher yeah. prices. And you can look across here and go, well, they look like the opposite of that. Well, right, exactly. And Pablo, to your point, right at the top, broad market sentiment on a 10-point scale is 3.1. Let's click through that and have a look at it. So this is the SPY. SPY is, and we're not tracking intraday, we're just, that's just closing price. We do track it, but uh, just to, because we don't want to trade price. Tra you, you will get beat trading price. You, yes, you can get lucky, but remember, somebody is always faster than you. you the, the high frequency traders are the uh, auto boldens of the world. They're faster than everybody else, and they will always fool you. So don't get caught up in that. Understand supply and demand. Well, so here's the price, and this smoother line is demand, and it tends to be between the red line, six. You get above six, and the probability of additional gains diminishes greatly from a mathematical standpoint. You get below four, and the probability of gains begins to rise significantly. We are way below four. This is the second yeah. worst. It, it, it's a, well, the, the last time it was this bad was March 2020, which, by the way, was the worst we've ever recorded. We, now, we developed this measure in 2011. So we, we began tracking these data the same way, January 2012. And while this is very bad, this read right here is very bad, it's not even in the top 30 bottoms, though. So we'd have to get all the way below two. However, and, and well, let me finish that though. It's still falling. It's falling all over the market. Supply is still rising. That is why the market will struggle. When those two conditions stop, even if just demand goes down or, or supply goes down, a short volume in the S&P 500 right now, 48%, meaning it's almost parity between long shares and short shares. And looking at the data during options expirations, much more money shifted short than normal. So there's a whole lot of people who are short the market. They could be wrong. That can reverse very, very quickly. But Pablo, the answer is, if you looked at that, you would say, would I buy that? 
no, right? No, I'm not buying. I'm not going to try to grab a falling knife. It could change in a day. I don't, you know, we get through today, we're into a new month, new chance for, for hedge funds to make money over 20, 23 days, the average trading days in a month. A uh, whole new chance to take risk, new money coming in from 401ks unless everybody stopped. Uh, so you get past a day and, you, and you're in this condition, there's a strong probability in the next week of a rally. But today, very, very challenging. All right, Tim Quash, founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. Link on the screen and in the description. Tim, always a pleasure. Have a great rest of your week. Back at you. All I'll right. catch you from Colorado next time. We're awesome. on the road out of Amarillo. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll do some ticker time here. Drop your questions in the chat. I'm always, uh, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, what moves stocks on this show. And uh, when it comes to ratings, and analyst ratings uh, typically they have an outsized influence on days when there's not much else going on, yeah. which is today. There's really not a lot going on this morning, and so you're getting a lot of moves off of ratings. I mentioned two of them. I mentioned Spotify. I'm um, sorry, I mentioned Netflix and Tesla, but Spotify also has an upgrade from Citigroup. There's a lot of stocks. Citigroup here. bullish some tech stocks. Uh, well, just those two. <laughs> I think um, you have uh, Kellogg's uh, moving off a downgrade. VF Core moving off a downgrade. Um, there's a few others here that I had. Uh, da, 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 where was I mean, it? we're so beat up on all these growthy names. Beyond Mead, even... Beyond Mead, big upgrade from Barclays this morning. It's up like 5%. So you, we're you... so beat up on all these growthy retail driven names that you get the Friday bounce, Joel, and like on a chart like Spotify, and I don't even see it. I mean, it's like, what a wicked rally on Friday. And they look at the chart of Spotify and you're like, where is Friday's rally? I mean, you look at this and it's like it made new lows and sure, you know, closed eight bucks off the low and it's up another eight bucks here. But man, oh man, you know, this, you know, there's just so much carnage in here that those, those, those five, 10% moves, they don't even show up on some of these charts. It's, it's tough. You got to so get these rallies gotta, and gotta, they're gotta, way oversold. Gotta, you got to zoom in, bro. <laughs> You got to zoom in to see it. Well, look at the top right chart, though. I'm just saying, and you know, yeah. you, you've got to take a perspective. Like this is yeah. what this is what too many people are so stuck in their tick charts and they're looking at the minutia. Take a look at you know what's happened here, and tell me there isn't just bag holders everywhere in this thing. So it's like, okay, well, what's going to turn this story around? Is it going to be that all of a sudden, you know, we're getting the music from who did the music come off from Neil Diamond or who was it? Was it I don't remember. Neil Young. Neil well, Young. You know what? You know what, Dennis? You get half credit for that one. Half credit for that one. That wasn't so bad. Oh, but anyway, so we rally. We're up here again. It's oversold. It's all oversold. So there could be some short squeezes, but it's going to be overhead supply. So it's tough. I mean, all these stocks. It's very random right now. We're all moving with the market. They pull the rug out. This will get hammered, you know. But growth wants wanted to rally Friday. It's getting some follow through here today. But I'll still say guilty until proven innocent. We'll see. But yeah, there's a lot I was going to bring in. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this stock, and not going to yeah. comment on that. But one seventy nine eighty three. That was Thursday's high. You're there. That's the second lowest high, you know, down of the move. So if you hold 180 here, yeah, there's some upside to exact double top. Well, not exact, but a double top at 192.50. But first things first, uh, SPOT 
holding 180. That was the area of Thursday's high. All right. A few people asking about Nightscope. Extremely difficult oh, on a stock with two days of history here. KSTT. Yeah, can... Dennis, I don't know if you saw this one. You, you, you probably did. What's the stock symbol? KS KSCP is your is your uh, this stock this company. Uh, well, I hit some of my uh, my other scanners, but I, I, so anyway, so here's the deal on this thing. Uh, they were doing a reggae offering into the IPO. They IPO'd on Thursday. Um, at they opened at at fourteen, end of the day below six, and then on Friday went up to like twenty. And then we got to 27 after hours. Now we're at 21. So it's just an absolute craziness. Um, impossible to say one way or the other. It's just it's two days of history here. Go to so. the casino. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Black. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I think in the long run, it goes back down. It seems like it all goes back down eventually, but who knows the path to get there? The stuff can just get silly. So not We covered this on Friday, and I just, you know, my simple Eric Kroll, Kenny Glick, you know, if it takes out the IPO high, that was 16 or 1548. Did that on Friday. You even had a chance to do it in the, uh, in the after hours, too, because it came back in. So I'd use that target there of uh, the pre-market high. Wow, that's way up there at twenty-seven forty-one. Uh, but I still I would use you know I would not want it to see it lose that high from the first day. At, that's at fifteen forty-eight. You, you want to hear, hear some stats? You want to hear some stats? Nine of last year's top, ten largest IPOs in terms of uh, size are underwater. Nine of the ten largest IPOs. There has been uh, firms are pulling IPOs left and right now. Um, for good reason. It's not a good market. Well, what do they do? The what do they do? Nightscope. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'll tell you what they do. A telescope do, use at night. They they make metaverse. All, they make no. You're they make all. <laughs> no, okay, but you're still gonna laugh. They, they make autonomous security robots. Okay, you gotta have some of those buzzwords in there. So they yeah, got, got autonomous there. robots. Okay. Well, they act. In fairness to them, they actually like have a product, and they actually like all have. Right, they actually have revenue, which you can't say. It's oh, not that's a good too. It's that's good too. We like we like revenue. Revenue it's not is a, good it's thing. It's not a concept. It's real. Well, we yeah. got, well, that's good news. Yeah. Anyway, uh, right, I know nothing about this company. Does it so. accept Bitcoin? If it accept Bitcoin, then no, uh, no. It's a security. It's the kind of robot that would call the police on Joel for parking where he's not supposed to park. You know what I mean? Is this RoboCop? Not quite. Not not yet. I not watched yet. the RoboCop. I know how that story ends. <laughs> <laughs> they can't shut it down. Shut it down. Well, uh, it does take, it it take place it in Detroit. You have movie? 20 seconds to comply. Okay, okay, okay. You have 15 okay. seconds was it RoboCop to in comply. Detroit? Yes, it was. Am yes, I correct? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, All right. Was. I'm definitely not buying it because I know how that they don't. He <laughs> doesn't comply fast enough. <laughs> okay, couple more here. Fine, we can look at coin. Wow. Joel really? Clatt. Joel Clatt is really mad. He wants to look at Coinbase, so we can look at Coinbase for you, Joel. Okay. Um, Coinbase. Gosh, I got I, a position in it. It's been bad. <laughs> I put a little, a little half size position in this thing because I thought, oh yeah, you know, get a little exposure here. This more crypto is a mistake. I still, I'm, I'm bag holding Coinbase in my long term account. Bag holder, but you're you're confident as long as it doesn't take out one sixty two twenty. It hit that on uh, Friday one sixty two fifty one. Yeah, you ten bucks away, sixteen bucks away from that, Dennis. I don't know where the heck you bought it, but I don't um, even know where the heck I bought it. Higher mistake. Higher. 
I don't know. You got to look at the Bitcoin chart here. What's Bitcoin doing? Ooh, look at quiet. Very quiet. Woo. Let's see if the, who's, who's cheering the stock market crash in there. Uh, lights, I, I don't know if they're cheering. I don't know if they're cheering, but Lou wants to warn us that uh, there's no, a stock market okay. crash. Yeah, you know what? That kind of activity is gonna get to get you low. Yep, you're deleted. All there right. Well, I don't know. He wasn't talking to specific security. You can cheer on a stock market crash, can he? Lou, <laughs> we Lou don't was... like you cheerleading your stocks in there like multiple times. You always mention your stock, but yeah, anyway, I guess it, the it is... moderators got him. I that's me. <laughs> Oh, the moderator. Got uh, Mitch moderates. Mitch, uh, moderate the Mitch is getting ready for our next show, which is oh, live Mitch trading, is which is going live right in a few minutes now. So that's a wrap for our show today. Please hit that like button. I appreciate the likes. We appreciate the likes. And uh, check out premarketprep.com. Check out pro.benzinga.com for a free two-week trial. Oh, oh, wait. I had to make an announcement today. I almost forgot. Um, okay, we had a few people reach out to me with regards to, like, there's this paywall. What's going on at Benzinga? You guys have a paywall now? Well, yes and no. Uh, Benzinga uh, is instituting a, a, a paywall, but the pop-up that you all are getting is not to pay. It's just to create an account. It's just to create a, a, a literally like a, a user account on Benzinga.com. Once you do that, you'll be able to access our site as normal the the paywall we're instituting only comes into play after like 50 articles so unless you're reading like a lot of articles it's not going to affect you um but that situation most of you getting pop-up messages just make an account so make a free account i should say that free account and then you will have access to any or any web page on benzinga.com until you've gotten to like that 50 that 50 article limit so um that, yeah, I almost forgot about that. So we had a few people uh, comment. I hope that clears things up uh, for for everyone that was wondering. And then we're always available on YouTube. I should say that. So anyway, I'm going to hop. Dennis is going to hop. We got live training with Benzinga starting at 9.05. So stay tuned for that. We're going to redirect the show to that show so you don't have to do anything. And uh, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to our guest, Tim Quas. Check out the links in the chat to marketstructureedge.com. And uh, catch you guys later. Have a good rest of your day. Stay green. Good luck at the open. <laughs>